Hi, I want to welcome you to Raising Playful Tots. My name's Melissa. I hope this show is a place where mothers like you can safely explore a slower, simpler, and playful lifestyle so that you can get to the heart of what your family needs to thrive, both now and in the years to come. Well, I'm super excited that you can be here today because we're talking all about summer. And who doesn't like summer? We're talking about summer family traditions. During the summertime, we kick back, we do a little less, we have a slower and simpler time doing things. But what about the traditions that we used to do when we were younger? What about family traditions that your family or your partner's family have done? What special things do you seek out to do during the summertime? Well, no fear if you haven't decided your summer family traditions, if you're looking for some family traditions for summer, um, this show is the one for you because we're going to go through some family traditions to perk up your summer, to change it up, but mostly so that we can have some lasting memories with our kids. They'll look forward to these ones that we're talking about. Now, with all the things that we talk about on Raising Playful Tots, it's not about cramming as many things in as possible. It's about choosing carefully and wisely for our family. Some of these activities will be great, perfect, just what you're looking for. And some of them you'll be able to just go, no, that's really not going to work for us. And that's just as fine too. This is all about what will work for your family. And so I'm going to share with you um, a whole list of summer family summer family traditions for us to be able to look at and see huh maybe I can change it slightly maybe I can do a little differently first up is the summer reading program or challenges I've talked a little bit about the reading challenge that we're doing at home it was um, an inspiration that we had from uh, modern mrs. Darcy where she has a reading challenge that lasts all year round and we have adapted one that suits our family where we've listed 12 different topics and 12 different books that the children will be reading and I wrote down a whole list of those and I'll link to a picture to show you the one that we have at home. In this reading challenge they'll, they're trying to read as many different books along those genres um, for the whole year. So this is a whole year challenge and during the summer you'll probably pick up pace because there's more time for them to be able to read. They'll be able to go and choose the books where there's holes because there's certain books and certain book types that they've not done lots of work in so they'll be able to go and choose and do that. I would really encourage you to to do that. I also wrote a post about children that love to read one type of book and you find it very difficult for them to read other types of book. A reading challenge is a really good way to help shift that change from just the one type of book to being able to read a variety. Many libraries have summer reading challenges and summer reading programs. I would encourage you to look them out, find out your local ones and join in. There are many different styles and types that you can do. Even if you don't want to keep up with your local library, there'll be um, lots of prizes and ideas and things to 
get you reading and remind the kids about reading. So summer reading challenges and programs can be a fun family tradition that everybody does. Not just the kids, the adults can get involved too. You can read along with the kids with what you're doing so it becomes part of the day. I know lots of families love to do summer reading programs and summer reading challenges. And don't forget that you can make up your own reading challenge yourself for the kids depending on their ages and their stages. Um, it's a lot of fun to actually create your own. Friend over for Playdate Thursday. Because it's the summer break or the summer holidays, sometimes it can be difficult to connect with friends because everybody's going away on vacation, on holiday somewhere. You're not sure when people are gonna be in, but if you actually institute a day where you know this is the day that we will have our playdates on, you can encourage friends to come on those days. So invite a friend over on a Thursday and they know, okay, always on a Thursday, that's when you can go to her house or his house. Um, having a play date day is a lot of fun because the kids can look forward to it and they know that that's when it's gonna happen. Tour the local next town. Uh, this is really one of those things that we have really loved to do because we've lived in lots of different places. We like the idea of visiting even more places and getting to know the local area. When you live in a place, often you know the local area quite well. And sometimes you've only heard the names, but you've never really traveled to those places. So take a tour of your town nearby. Be a tourist. Go investigate, find the tourist information place, find the information desk, look up things online and go be the tourist. Walk around, see what it's like, visit. It's often fun to find um, shops, special shops that you go there. You can turn it into a picnic. You can just go visit. It's, it's a whole lot of fun to be able to do that. You can take the, the circle further. It doesn't have to be just the next town. It can be the village or the other large town or city a little further over. But visit all of these little places. We used to like to recognize when we lived in, in the UK that there were lots of villages that fed into the schools that my children went to. And they liked to know what the village the villages were like so we would take a drive and go and see what the villages were like that their friends um, lived in and so they knew okay that village is quite big it has a green this village is quite big it has a shop this village has a pub etc so you, they kind of got to know a little bit more about it so when they mentioned the name of the village or the small town that they were from they now had an image in their mind of what their little place looked like the same thing can be done wherever you live um, to go find out where your friends and people in your class live because, you know, they live in different neighborhoods and different parts of town. You get much more of an idea about where people live and what things are like in other places. We get used to living and being in one place. And so it's kind of exciting to check out something new and see what's going on. Plant a family garden. So that could be fruit vegetables, herbs, or flowers, depending on where you live in the world. Currently, we are battling again to try and do some fruit. This year at Easter time, the boys planted some strawberry plants and they are dropping strawberries like nobody's business at the moment. We're in at the end of April 
and they're really excited to be able to pick strawberries nearly every day from their little strawberry plant. They're all different sizes because we've got different types of strawberries that we're growing. And this weekend I'm hoping to go and get some of the herbs and vegetables and to be able to plant out the garden with the boys during the weekend. We'll see how that goes. And so we're looking forward to seeing what the garden will produce. Last year, it started off really well, and then it kind of dropped off. We have very, very hot weather here during the summer all day. And so we're trying to find something that will work, that doesn't get all shriveled up and dies because of too much sun or dries up because there's not enough water. So we're experimenting a lot at the moment. But for sure, we're going to be planting some herbs out so that we can have some fun with that. And maybe if we can find some fruit that will last, and um, we would love to do that too. But planting at a family garden is an exciting time because each child can take ownership of a certain type of plant. They can water it, make sure that it's growing, check on it, see what's going on. Um, and that's kind of exciting to look forward to. You can plan it out during the year. They can come with you to the garden center and check out things that they would like to try. It can be hit, it can be myth, but it's fun to see what you're doing and the stories that come along with it. Um, last for a long time. Visit a different playground or park each week. Now it doesn't matter how old the kids are, everybody loves a playground. Whether it's to look and see at the way that it's laid out or whether it's to actually play on it. There are some amazing playgrounds that are around of shapes of animals drawn in a certain way, the way that they have done it in woodlands. That you can see that they've used the, the local wood in a certain way and you can play music, you can do all sorts of different things. There's mazes. It's amazing the different types of playgrounds you have. You don't just have the standard metal playground or the wooden playground. It can be really quite unique depending on where you live. And being able to visit different playgrounds, you get to see the, the wide variety that you've got and you get to run around. So if you can set it up that you visit that new town and that you try and find a playground, there'll always be a place for the kids to burn off steam, to run around, to appreciate a new area. And you'll know the really good playgrounds and the parks in a different place. Sometimes we go to the same parks all the time because they're our favorites or maybe they're the only parks that we know. So having a chance to visit different playgrounds and actually seek them out is really quite exciting to, to try. A family tradition I would encourage is 2 p.m. downtime or siesta time, a time when everybody is quiet a time when everything is still. So you get, gather all your things together and you spend time maybe by yourself. If there's lots of siblings around, the other siblings will be very happy to have some space and time for themselves. It's interesting that we have a wide variety of personalities in all of our families. There'll probably be those in your family that you can think of right now who are really bubbly, and excited and love company and being in other people's company and you can probably think of a few people maybe even your family or your children who are very quiet and need some time to themselves we all need some time to ourselves 
And so having some downtime where everybody can just chill, be by themselves, spend time by themselves is a great way of resetting how things are going, especially if all the siblings are together all of the time. It's nice for them to be able to concentrate on that book or that project, spend some time by themselves daydreaming, just playing with games and Lego or whatever it is, just spend some time by themselves. Maybe maybe even take a nap. That's just fine too. It gives us as parents a bit of a break too for us to do some of the things that we need to do for the kids to understand that everybody needs to have time, time out, downtime, siesta time. 2 p.m. is a good time because you've just had your lunch maybe and everybody's full, everybody's sorted out and everybody can safely be in a place where they can have some downtime. Nighttime walk with flashlights and stargazing. How wouldn't it be fun if you could go for a walk at night with your flashlights and torches and go on a, a walk in the neighborhood or to a park or an area that's safe for all your family to be all out together at night. It's probably gonna be quite warm because it's summertime or warmer than usual. So you you can bring a blanket to be able to sit down outside. Maybe it's just in your in the back garden or the backyard that you're just sitting outside and looking at the stars. There's lots of places online that you can look up stars and learn about which stars that you're going to be seeing depending on the hemisphere that you're living in. Or you can just stargaze, sit outside and look. It's, it's fun to be able to create a tradition where maybe one night in the summer. So a nighttime walk with flashlights and stargazing, I think would be a lot of fun as a family tradition to be able to do. Listen to a family audio story book. Now, audio stories are a lot of great fun for children and adults alike, but imagine gathering around together the connection that you would feel and the calm once a week, twice a day, you name it, you choose what, what way that you would do it. But there is one story that you're all gathered around that you can all listen to. There are lots of stories that are um, quite long and in a series. And so you can pick one at a time to be able to go through and do that. We've enjoyed the Red Wall series and each summertime we have chosen one of the books and listen to it together as a family. Whenever we're traveling somewhere for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, we'll listen to part of it traveling together in the car. And so that makes every car trip quite exciting to be able to go because we can listen to a little bit more. We have been known to stay in the car instead of getting out where we're going so that we can listen to the next little bit. We also listen at home and have a time, read aloud time, where we sit down and do that. Sometimes that's instead of having our siesta and sometimes that's as well as having our siesta that we will sit and listen to part of the storybook. We've also done it at breakfast time in the morning to kind of perk us all up and you know get us going in the morning to be able to do that. So having a, a family audio story is really cool. We tried a new one recently by Stephen Hawkins about a science one with about a computer that we really love. Let me just look that up to see what the name of that's called.
Okay, so that was called George's Secret Key to the Universe. And so we've listened to the first one and that was a lot of fun. And we did that one over at Christmas time. And we've just downloaded the second one that we're planning to start listening to once summer starts. So we're going to try and get in two books this year, but we're definitely mixing it up a little bit to be able to do that. But it's fun to be able to have a audio book that you are ready to listen to and be able to listen to it wherever you are, whether you're at home or whether you're away. Choosing the storybook has been really exciting. The kids have been thinking all year about which book they're going to do. We had a conversation about whether we're going to do the next Redwall one or whether we're going to try something different. We're going to try something different and we're going to do the Redwall one at the moment. So we'll see how that goes. I'll have to let you know how, how that pans out. But choosing a, a family audio story really brings everybody together. It's something that we all talk about. We talk about the different characters, what we think will happen. And it's nice to be able to talk about it at different levels, different ages in our family. We've got seven all the way up to 13. And everybody can take the story at a different level and be able to talk about it. So it's, it's really exciting to be able to actually all be able to talk about a story at once. Serving Sunday. There are lots of opportunities to do service and often during the summer we can think just about the fun that we are having ourselves but there are other people that we can think about. If you are um, at home there are things that you can serve your neighbours with, help clear up, clean up neighbourhoods, that type of thing. Depending on what's going on, some neighbourhoods have regular cleaning up sessions. Downtown there will be special clean up things that you can do um it depends on your neighborhood and where you live to what you can do and it and it really depends on the types of communities that you're plugged into but being able to do some service work is a great way for your family to be able to work together and do something special that will have a lasting memory it's, it can be hard to do service-related activities, and I did a podcast about that, and I'll leave that link in the show notes about how you can help your younger children do service-type activities. But having a service-type activity is a lot of fun to be able to do during the summer. Random Acts of Kindness Morning. Random Acts of Kindness is a really fun way of continuing with your service type activities. Children are often billed as being very entitled and thoughtless and thinking only of themselves. And one of the ways to encourage them to be a bit more selfless and to think of other people is to actually, instead of just say, you should be kind, is actually show them how they can be kind and how they can do things. So there are lots of random acts of kindness challenges that I've seen um, around. Just do a quick search on places like Pinterest or um, any search engine for random acts of kindness and make yourself a fun list of three or four things, maybe one each week that you can do to be able to do those with the kids and see if you can do it. Find a way of showing random acts of kindness and then talk about it. Talk about it at, at your meal times when you're together or when you're traveling in the car because it will change the way you feel about doing things and it will start to change the way the kids feel too. Family nights. Family nights, there's 
so many things that you can do. It could be family night for games. It can be family night for movies. It could be a family night for quiz. It could be a family night of um, activities where you go cycling or swimming or something else. There's so many different things that you can do, but it's a family time when everyone in the family gets together to do that particular activity. Uh, it's I've heard families where they've decided on each week they're going to do something different and they write down a list of however many weeks they have for off school. So let's say you have six weeks that they do six different activities. For some of us, we have two and a half, nearly three months off. So you write down those many weeks and you write down all the different things the family's gonna do each week. And each week it's something different. So it might be archery one week. It could be, I don't know, playing golf one week or learning how to do something together, but they do something randomly each week maybe you pull it out of a hat and you're going to decide okay we're all going to try this or maybe you're just going to create a series you're going to do movies for the whole summer holiday and everybody's going to choose a movie and you're going to write down a list of movies i know that sometimes we we get stuck with a particular type of genre and so maybe you want to try all the Disney movies this summer or you want to go with all the action movies or something like that. I don't know, some documentaries that you want to do on maths or science or something else that you know that the kids will really love. So find some sort of family night activity that you could do and practice it with your family. Cook a new dish from a part of the world each week. Now, wouldn't that be exciting? Each week anyway, you probably make some sort of list of the food that you're gonna eat, and maybe during the summer, you'll have more time to be able to do something like that, or you have more flexibility in your schedule during the summer to be able to do that. They have to eat anyway, so why not choose some fun foods that you can eat that come from a different part of the world? It doesn't have to be the whole meal, it doesn't have to be the main meal, it can just be a dish. So it could be a sweet, it could be a snack, it could be a dessert, it could be for a breakfast, it could be part of a lunch, it could be anything. It doesn't have to be expensive with um, specialist type foods. Many foods eaten in different parts of the world are made from common ingredients, just cooked in a different way. So it's um, a lot of fun to do that. There are lots of different books actually and blog posts that you can find of dishes that for children that have been cooked from around the world. So you can find some really quite simple dishes. It doesn't have to be hours and hours in the kitchen. Check out friends and ask them of favorite dishes that they make if they're from different parts of the world or they have connections to it. Um, that's always a really fun thing to be able to do to find out a little bit more about your friends, family's favorite dishes from different parts of the world and maybe learn to cook it or part of it. You could even go around and, and help them when they are making that particular dish or a dish that's like it. But cooking one dish, maybe once a week or once a month, can be a lot of fun. And you can actually decide where you want to go in the world. Are you gonna just focus on Asia for the summer and just have Asian food? Or are you gonna go for European food or 
breakfast food or just desserts or food that doesn't have um, added sugar or I don't know you, you can go really wild with that type of idea and have a tradition where you're looking all year round for things that you're going to cook and do during that part of the year. What about a trip to a project store or um, a craft shop to get supplies to make and do a thing? So last year, the boys settled on doing dioramas and they, they really wanted to learn how to do those. And you could buy a box set where you had the base and you could build it up with like this paper mache type stuff that you could fold over the top. And then you could buy the bits that you add on to make the grass look like grass and the sand and the trees and you could make habitats and, and then you could add all these other things in. And so we went off to a local craft store and got the bases and they saved up part of their money that they get and they bought little pieces to add to it and they had their own little I don't know show where they shared they shared what they had done it was more the making and the activity rather than the end result that they were looking at this is the first time they'd worked with materials that were like that but they just had great fun they it was out and they worked at it and worked at it and they stumbled and tripped and tried and, and had fun. And so they, they just enjoyed gathering all the things and they would make a list and say, when are we going to the store? Can we get it? And sometimes we would go on a fact finding mission just to price everything out. Sometimes they shared their money because they needed help with buying something. And sometimes they had to change their mind because <laughs> it was too expensive or they figured it just wouldn't work out, that type of thing. But it was a lot of fun to watch how the project unfolded. Already this year, they've said, we're not sure whether we want to do a diorama. Maybe we want to do something with wood. I'm thinking, gosh, wood, that's... <laughs> Oh, it could be all sorts of things that they want to do with wood. But they're thinking of a project that they would like to do that would take them a long time. The idea isn't that it's going to be perfect at the end. The idea is that they're going to just keep trying and trying. So they can talk about a summer and they can look back on the things that they attempted to do, they struggled with, they had fun with, and they did. Let's hear from some fellow podcasters about their simple summer tradition. Hi, it's Kara Carrero of Extremely Good Parenting Podcast, and our family tradition is to go to the beach every summer. We did this even before kids. We went to Maui all the time. Now that we live in Boston, we go to a lot of the New England beaches, and we collect sand and seashells and sea glass, and we have little displays for it and a collection of it, and it gives us something tangible to go with our precious memories together. Hi Mel, this is Marnie from Seattle, Washington. I write Carrots Are Orange. I am so excited to talk to your listeners for only a moment and share our family traditions for, during the summer. Every summer, we go to Cape Cod in Massachusetts. Low tide in Cape Cod is amazing. And one thing we do is collect all sorts of hermit crabs in a gentle and kind way of course and then we create homes seriously like luxury homes for these hermit crabs pools slides you name it there's a lot of awesomeness going on and then of course we set them all free 
It's a lot of fun, a lot of exploring, a lot of open play for my boys, and I can't recommend it enough. Thanks so much. That was Marnie from distilledparenting.com and you can subscribe to her podcast by going over to iTunes or any of the places that you get your podcast from. Some of her recent shows are Does Your Child Need Feeding Therapy? Then there was The Exact Second I Realized I Was Failing. That's an awesome episode all about parents who struggle on some days with being present. And then she did another episode about Amanda Morgan discussing intentional parenting. How cool is that? You remember Amanda came onto the show to talk about how to share in a previous episode we've had here. She's amazing. And another familiar um, sound is Sean from the Abundant Mama Project, uh, Meet the Yodas of Mamas. So I would really encourage you to check out Marnie's show, Distilled Parenting on iTunes. I love the idea about the luxury homes for those crabs. Kara has a parenting podcast too. Hers is called Extremely Good Parenting Podcast. And some of her latest episodes right now at the time of recording are things like Ending Overpraise, Boost Child Self-Esteem Without Feeding Their Ego, or How to Juggle Priorities as a Parent Because Balance to Life Doesn't Exist. And another one is Should I Have Another Baby? Resources for Deciding and Getting Prepared. So pop on over to both of those and I'll leave links in the show notes to hear about them. So now it's your turn. How do you have simple summer traditions? I'd love to know. When you have summer family traditions, they build memories. I hope that I've shared with you a few ideas to get you thinking about summer family traditions. Because during the summer, there's a chance to do all sorts of different things. It doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be long. But summer is a great time for memories. So instead of going, 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 going to this thing, going to that thing, we need to give plenty of opportunity for memories to be able to be formed and that's because we've stayed together, we've had connecting activities, we've been together and tried activities where there's been downtime, space to be able to create. I'm conducting a simple summer rhythm challenge that starts on May the 1st. So if you are hearing this within the first few days of the podcast being released, you still have time to come and join in this simple summer rhythm challenge. It's eight days and it's a free challenge and you can find it really quickly by going to bitly hyphen slower summer, S-L-O-W-E-R-S-U-M-M-E-R, slower summer. So if you go to bitly, then that forward slash and then slower summer, and then you can find out all about it. Don't worry if it's after May the 1st, you'll still be able to join up if you're within that first week because um, you'll just start at day one. You'll be a little behind, but that's no problem. There's, there's no hurry. You can keep up, catch up, or you can just be part of what's going on when we do that. We have um, a, a group of us that are going to be creating our simple summer rhythm for this summer. We want to create space and time to be able to have a slower and simpler summer. 
without feeling that we have to rush, rush, rush. And at the end of the summer, we just feel pooped because we've not had time to take breath. So over there, we're gonna to work together to create our own simple summer in the same style that we do here when raising prayful tots. It's not just one size fits all, but we're gonna take on some ideas and see how they would work in our own family, depending on the kids that we have, and being able to change them and adapt them and get rid of some to be able to work for our family. So I really hope that you will think about that challenge and come on over and join in. Thanks for being here today. I know there are many things that you could be doing right now and I'm glad that you have chosen to be here. I hope that something I've said has triggered you to investigate something more and helped you make a decision for your wonderful family. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider giving a rating or review on Stitcher or iTunes. I'd appreciate it. It also helps new listeners find it. Show notes for today's show with links is at raisingplayfultots.com forward slash 188. That's show 188. While you're there, you can get the fortnightly Raising Playful Tots note that has some encouragement and ideas on your journey of intentional, simple parenting and simple play. Then you need to head over to raisingplayfultots.com forward slash fuzzy slippers so that you can join the community and get nice and comfy in this space. See you again next time. You've been listening to Raising Playful Tots, show number 188. Come over and play next week. Until then, find time for some unplugged play and intentional parenting. Join with me each week as we share, learn and laugh together about making the most of creating our family haven. Hi, are you still there? I just wanted to say a quick shout out to those of you that are looking for a special type of community. Right now, we have a very new community just for us on Raising Playful Tots. I have set up a new Facebook group for school-age mums who are in need of a place to laugh, learn, grow and try different things amongst friends going through the same things. It's going to be a place where we want to share wins and struggles and find a likely solution and talk about simple and slow parenting and we'll be talking about podcast things too. It's a a new group and we're just starting and I would love for you to join. It's free, it's on Facebook and you can go to it by following this link bit.ly.com you are nimble